Welcome to Masters of Employee Development, Mike Acker's podcast devoted to training team members in any type of organization. As a best-selling author, corporate trainer, and business leader, I seek out guests each week to discuss training successes, challenges, and best practices. On this show, you will hear from incredible CEOs, HR directors, and other experienced managers responsible for leadership and development. Lean in, listen, and take part in a community dedicated to improving life through increasing leadership. Today on the show, we have a guy who took $2,000 and turned it into a multi-million dollar company called Absolute Internship. So we're going to dive into the topic of simplicity and vision and what that means to develop the people that are on our teams or that are just around us. So welcome to the show, Frederick Von Hoon. Welcome to the show, Frederick. I'm so glad to have you on. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, Mike. Now, we're going to be talking about leadership development, but before we dive into that, and it's something that you know a lot about, you took a little bit less than $2,000 and you turned it into a multi-million dollar company. So give us a little teaser. What's one thing that you did that was part of that success? I, uh, I've always been a reader, Mike, and I would say the one thing that I did that really like was the tipping point was that I, I heard about a book called Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which was recommended by one of my one one entrepreneur that I was looking up to that I'm still looking up to called Damon John. He said that book made him create FUBU, which is a billion dollar business. And I was like, if that helped him create a billion dollar business, I just want a, a multi-million dollar business. So I read that book, um, it cost $10 or something on Amazon. But what I did was I read every day a few pages and I followed each step of the book. And I think that's what's something that a lot of entrepreneurs, managers, or people in general that want to achieve their dreams, they read books, but they don't follow the steps. They don't follow the recipe, so to speak. And here was a book that has like, made billions of people and i'm like okay i just have to follow the recipe so i would say mike i read that book i followed all the recipes from like goal setting to to like having a burning desire like and also to burn all your bridges and take responsibility for myself and you know when i implemented everything from this book i think that's when things started to happen and that's how absolute internship really really grew fast and big Oh, that's incredible. So buy, think and grow rich, read it and do it. Well, now let's get back to who you are and what you do and really talk to us about, about this multi-million dollar company that you built. Give us a little snapshot into that. And then let's talk about internship. Let's talk about leadership development. But first of all, who are you and what do you do, Frederick? Um, well, a little bit by myself. I was born and raised in Sweden. I don't look very Swedish. My parents are from Cambodia. Um, unlike in the US, Sweden, we don't have a lot of immigrants. So, um, well, that's that's a little bit where I'm from. I went to business school in Sweden. Um, during my time at, at business school, I'm the first one in my family to go to, to university in high school. No, not high school. My brother went to high school, but I'm the first one to go to university. Um, I had opportunity to study abroad. So I went abroad to Shanghai and Japan. And that really like changed the way I looked at life because in Shanghai, most of the people that I met, they were interns. And I was like, 
what's an internship and what's an intern? And my roommate explained it to me. He was like, Freddie, you know, being an intern is like you're learning the ropes from someone at the company, but you're not getting paid, but it looks good on your CV and everyone should be doing it. The year after, when I was in Japan, I had three classmates from the US, they were looking for summer internships. And since I had this network back in China, I was like, hey guys, I'm gonna hook you guys up. And this was Mike before Airbnb, before booking.com. So it was not like, hey, I'm gonna go to Shanghai, I'll book something for two months, you know, when I'm doing my internship. So a few months later, my friends, they had these internships that I hooked them up with, I helped them with their visas and I was checking in with them on Facebook. I was like, how was your time in China? And they're like, Freddie, like the internship was great, you know, learned a lot, but we didn't have such a good time. And I was like, okay, why? Well, well, we didn't make a lot of friends. It was like such a hassle to find accommodation. We stayed most of our times in hotels. It was so expensive. Well, no one taking care of us. Not so many people speaking English. And I remember back then I just graduated, Mike, and I always wanted to live abroad. So I moved to Bangkok because I was like, Thailand is the place that I would love to live in and experience culture. And it's very, very affordable, so to speak. So your, your dollars, they last longer. Like just to give you an example, my daily budget was one, one to two dollars. And <laughs> I had like great meals, you know. Um, anyway. I went, to, uh, I went to Bangkok many years ago. Yeah? Yeah, with a, with a group oh. of friends. Uh, that was about 20 plus years ago. And I went to Starbucks while I was there. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing Starbucks there. It's clean. It is. It's aircon. Yeah. Yeah. It was I also I also went some other places there, but keep on going. I'm sorry. Interrupt with my little Starbucks. No worries. So I I graduated and <clears throat> I was not working, Mike. The way I was making money was selling football jerseys, soccer jerseys on eBay. So I made friends with the, the Adidas and the Nike factories and just bought wholesale and sold them like independently on eBay, just because I'm, I'm a huge soccer fan, love Juventus and everything about it. Cause it didn't make a lot of money though. Um, made like $500 max per month. So it prevented me to like really fulfill a lot of my dreams, like with travel and things around Thailand. So I thought back one day, it was a Friday night I remember because it was, it's a profound memory because I was watching Sopranos and a big, big Soprano fan. And I was like, you know what? Let me look up this summer internship. So I was literally Googling summer internships and I found this company that were selling internships in New York City for $12,000. And they had 400 students each year and they were primarily from the US. So I was like, uh, if they can get 400 students to New York City, English speaking ones, I mean, I should be able to get foreign students to China, you know, because that's where you need the help, you know? So that's, that was the business idea, Mike. And I was like, you know what, let's make this happen. So around the same time I bought the four hour work week. And this was before I read the thinking grow rich. And I was just right. Just when Tim Ferriss launched his book was like completely revolutionary, something completely new. And that sort of became my Bible in creating absolute internship. That's really cool. So what's the heart of absolute internship? Because it's ultimately about what we're talking about here. Masters of employee development, pre-employee, but what's, what's at the heart? What's the core of it? The core of absolute internship is 
helping university students and high school students with um, with internships abroad, whether they do that on site or remotely. That's essentially what it is. Um, students, they apply through us independently and we, we help them with these internships and we have staff on site that, that hook them up with activities, arrange accommodation, a visa, and they travel in groups and they meet students from all around the world. It's a very international program or they do it remotely and they're matched in a, in a group of students that they connect online. Um, that's the student side. Then we have the employer side, the company side. What we realized was a lot of companies, they didn't have the time or basically the willingness to pay, you know, to get an intern. And the way I thought about it was, you know, they had a big, great business model in the US. I'm like, don't let's not charge the companies because they're so busy anyway, you know, and there are millions of companies. Let's just charge the student side and we'll make sure to get the best match possible for the students. So, so that's the, the business per se, Mike. Okay, I love it. So this is, you started this by yourself. Talk to us a little bit about some of the growing pains that you went through in this. Let's try to think about that for, for someone who has an idea or is in a company and the company's growing or going through growing pains. What are some of the different levels of developing your own leader that you had to go through? It's, it's a really great question. I just want to clarify. I didn't, I didn't co-found, I didn't found Absolute Engine myself. I co-founded it with another person, but um I think there, there are many growing pains. I think I started absolute internship as a very young person, Mike. You know, I was 22, 23 when I, when I co-founded absolute internship. And you're not, a, I mean, I'm not saying I was the baby, but yeah. I lacked a lot of work experience, you know. Uh, the only experience I had was like working in a bank for three months. And then I, I got fired because I didn't sell enough, you know. And I worked in a restaurant for a few years part-time. But one of the growing pains was definitely managing, leading, and guiding and coaching team members. I think that's one that was extremely important. And then number two, when you start off, it's so important, especially if you're owning a business. And I mean, you might be working in the finance department, but you need to be managing your cash flow. This is so important, you know. Uh, your cash flow is literally like the blood veins of, of your of yourself. So really, don't overextend yourself and try to do things as cheap as possible. Most of the things to succeed is actually free, you know. And that's something I learned from Mark Cuban. Um, I think number three is read a lot. So one of the growing pains was like i said was i lacked a lot of experience the way i over like how i compensated that was during my lunch break like during lunch i would like watch uh youtube videos with keynote speeches from people like damon john mark cuban robert terjavik barbara corcoran people that i looked up to and people that made it that are self-made you know uh talk about growing pains and mistakes so I would be able to like implement that in my own daily life, like as a leader and as, a, as an entrepreneur in the evenings or in the morning, depending on the days I would read. I would read for like 20 minutes or half an hour. Um, things that 
that I thought I could be utilizing in developing myself. There's a lot of crap out there. So, and you cannot read all the books in the, in, in the world. So you need to be selective. The way I selected the books was like, what's Damon John reading? What's Barbara Corcoran reading? Like people that I looked up to and basically like took inspiration from what they were reading. But those are like three things that, that really helped myself, Mike, when it comes to the, the pain points. When did you start hiring people and adding to your team? Because my guess is it grew pretty fast from just the the idea, the the need out there, and all of a sudden you got this <laughs> this international thing going on. You're young, you got you're working with big companies, you're working with university students that you're not too much older than. So when did you start bringing people onto the team? So actually, when we started. Um, we brought in one person, like sort of a friend of mine, and it didn't work out. Like she was with us for like a few months. And then I can't remember what's, what's happening. It was something with money issues, uh, but it didn't work out. And I think after that, I think it took us one and a half to two years to recruit our first person. That was basically an alum who loved this experience and was willing to like work for free and for very, very cheap. And he helped us for a while. Um, but I think the real, real team, it took us three years to, to put together. What did you do to develop that team into being a team that could manage absolute internship? I wish I was able to give you like a, like a theoretical, <laughs> like, like master plan that we had, but it was not, Mike. It but was that's okay because yeah. I think a lot of people don't have master plans and we don't have a space for it. So that's what I like that you, you were creating stuff on the fly and you're figuring out how to develop this team, how to pull them together. So let's go back into the mess of that moment where you're figuring things out and just maybe give us some of the sure. ideas that you yeah. have. The way I'm a very practical person, I've always been Mike, you know, and I've always been like, we don't like the way I see it is like, okay, we don't, we don't have to add a person to help lift boxes unless we really need it. That's always been like my, my philosophy. So, you know, until year three, until we had like recruited a team, we were doing everything, me and my co-founder, like everything from like processing student application, interviewing them, going on campuses, uh, getting companies, matching the students with the companies, uh, getting the visa. So we're going to all these consulates. And it, that's like wearing like six, seven hats, right, Mike? And what we did when we had the employees was like, hey, what's taking most of my time? I was like, okay, getting the companies and matching them with the students. All right, we need one person for that, you know? Like, hey, we need to get somebody to like go to the info sessions and go into campuses. We need one person for that. It was basically like that. That's how we rolled, Mike. Um, um, and so part of, like, oh, part and of I was that, asking myself, yeah, it's go so ahead. cool because you, you, and this is what my wife and I recently started up a new company and we're opening a series of franchises. So right now I'm, I'm in it, I'm doing it. And I, I actually, we're six weeks into it and I'm bringing on my first person as kind of a oh, right. 99. But before doing that, I had to learn it. I didn't know. Yeah. It. I, I had to hold things and be the one sweating and doing all the stuff and setting up the building and all those things. So I love that you had, before you're telling people how to do something, you were doing the nitty gritty and you're in it. Yes, 
I, I think that's critical. I think that's critical, you know, because that's something that I learned from um, Mark Cuban. Yeah. Mark Cuban said that the best equity is the sweat equity. Yeah. So, you know, I just followed that. Which, which is a huge thing. Sometimes when we're in leadership, it can get to a spot where we're like, well, I'm up here now. I don't have to do this. It's true. It is true. Yeah, it is true. And of course, you, you need to be managing your, your ego. You know, you need to be managing your ego. I think that's something that martial arts has helped me a lot. Like I'm doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. And like sometimes you have this. I'm I'm a quite tall guy, and I'm not muscular, but I'm tall. You know. And then you have some small guys or something shorter girls, and you know, you know, one day you you know sometimes I get choked out by them. You know, or they take me in an arbor or whatever. Like. You know, if you don't have, if you have a big ego, you're going to have a problem with that, you know? So, but I'm happy. I think being humble is really, really important in being a, being a good leader. I can see that when it comes to employee development, you're, you're big on yeah. learning. So what kind of systems have you put in place for your own teams so they can be humble leaders in this? Your employees, your team members? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, uh, we did a lot of mistakes in the beginning, uh, for many years, you know, Mike, because there's no secret sauce. Um, even if you go and ask people for advice, which I've done, things work differently in different companies. Yeah. But what has really worked now for us has been, I was like, you know, in the end, I was like, you know what? We're not like Siemens. We're not like Amazon. We're not Airbnb. We're absolute internship. And, you know, we don't have a hundred employees. Let's just keep it to the basics. So when it comes to the basics, it's like, all right, arriving early, behave the way you want your team to behave. If somebody is like, I don't know, not doing the dishes, tell them, you know, hey, be act as a role model, like sort of like five, six basic rules, you know, yeah. or philosophies, so to speak, uh, that we have set here at Absolute Internship. And that has really worked because... You know, if you have like 20 systems, like people forget that, you know, like just keep it to the basics. Most people like that you recruit are people that you like, people that you look up to, like or something that you really like, one of the traits. So for sure, five, six of the things, philosophies that you want to keep developing and you want your team to like copy, it's going to be basic. And, you know, yeah. keeping it basic helps a lot. So, so you have this, this smaller group, it's nimble, it's agile, you're able to move things, you're able to do things. You guys have this core philosophy, this culture that's helping you continue to grow. What is the goal for the learning for the internship? When you say at the end of the day, like this is what we want them to do. This is what we want them to walk away with. What is that, what is that development goal that you have for them? You mean our customers, so to speak, now our students that we right. host in our program? Yeah, I think it depends, Mike, from from um, from student to student because every student has different learning goals, and that's something that we identify. And what we try to do is because the internships are so short; they're one, two, sometimes three months, mostly they're two months. Okay. What we try to do is like, all right, Mike, um, what are some of your learning goals? A student might come with like three. And we'll be like, okay, let's focus on one or two, you know, because that's more achievable because most of our students are young, you know. That's what we try to do, uh, Mike, try to focus on one or two learning goals. But one thing that we want to get the students to get away with, um, and I think that's something that 
any manager or anyone who hosts an intern should be is like try to inspire the students because these people are young. So I like to see our customers like our little brother or little sister, you know, like, all right, try to inspire them, you know, like try to change their lives because if they can get inspired, like just like through one or two gold nuggets, they're going to have such a big, big, it's going to have such a big, big impact of their lives. So the, the inspiration, the CV aspect, the hands-on, they're walking away with their, with, with having accomplished maybe one of the two goals that they're looking for. My guess is some of these turn into long-term jobs as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What can we do as established? Like, so you're looking at, you got a middle-aged person happens to be me now. (laughs) You got a middle-aged person in a corporate profession. What can they learn from what you're doing at absolute internship? Um, I think one thing that a middle-aged person could learn is. Put you on the Learn from what? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I'm mean, just trying to think of a mother in law, you know. I've been trying to convince her to use Uber, you know, for years. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is um, I think one, one thing is try to learn and try to be open minded. You know, the new generation that is coming up, the 19, the 20, the 21 year olds, Mike, they are so, so different than me. You know, I, I'm 36, right? And because I grew up without internet and then I got internet. Like I grew up with a fixed phone, but these, these young people that are growing up, they grew up without that. Like they just got an iPhone, you know, and that's it. Like they grew up with Netflix, they grew up with YouTube. So they, they come from a different background than you, you know? Yeah. And that comes with a lot of pros and a lot of cons. And what I'm trying to say is try to get the pros as much as you can. Uh, and then the wisdom that you have, try to instill that in them. Uh, not too much, but some of that. Uh, but try to learn from them because, you know, there's a lot of smart people out there. We just have to listen to them. Yeah, that's fantastic. That, that humility, you know, I know I switched careers after 18 years and I had to start over. And there are people who were 20 years younger than me who knew I was in corporate sales and who knew the industry way more than me. And, and in sense, it was like being an intern and having yeah. to say what and why and how and all of those different questions. Uh, one, one more question I really want to dive into. What challenges are you seeing both for your team and for the internship in terms of really develop, developing them as leaders? What holds them back? What challenges do they face? I think, well, the two separate questions, right, Mike? You have those like in in absolute internship and our internal team. I think what's holding people back from becoming effective leaders, strong leaders, is very often it's training, but also correct training, you know? I mean, you can go on YouTube and find like a lot of free training. And the way you teach leadership, the way I teach it, the way, I mean, Simon Sinek, whoever you want to mention who's going to teach about leadership is all so different. Why? It's because it's personable. Yeah. You know, everyone that is a leader is, is a leader in their own way, you know. So I think that's one, one really important thing. Then secondly, I think 
getting that inspiration because a lot of people they work in a company and you know they're getting the paycheck and they're being very good at their jobs but sometimes you hit you hit like a like a roadblock because you run out of inspiration you've been very successful in what you're doing you don't know if you're growing you don't know if you're developing and i think in those moments it's really important to have a, like a leader behind you who's pushing you pushing you outside of your comfort zone to grow because if you're not growing um I mean, obviously you're stagnating, but I love this concept that I live by. It's like, try to improve 1% each day. It's not a lot, but like just 1%. That could be like reading one page just from a leadership book or watching a five minutes YouTube video each day, you know, um, about something that you're passionate about as long as you're growing. Um, I think those are, are two, two really important things. Then when it comes to our students, Mike, I think what's preventing them to become leaders is they lack vision. Mm. A lot of students, they lack vision. A lot of young people, I mean, a lot of people lack vision in life. There are a lot of 60 year olds that don't know what they want to do with their lives, but a lot of young people, a lot of college students, high school, so they lack vision. And that comes very often from the way they grew up that, okay, they didn't have parents that were educated or so on. They might, might be like working in a factory or restaurant or, or what's, or, or something right so they didn't have like the um, they know how to pass on that hey you need to have a vision son or daughter and there's also a lot of educated students that have educated parents were too busy they didn't have the time to raise their children so they were raised by their friends or by school and school doesn't necessarily teach you that hey you need to be thinking what you want to be doing in a few years what type of job would you like to have? What type of relationship would you like to have? What type of like, where do you see yourself living? I think that's something that at least from my perspective, I've been very blessed about from my mom and my father from very early on. They were teaching me like, hey, you need to be thinking about the future. Live in the now, of course, but think about the future. Where do you see yourself when you're 25? Like what type of car do you want to drive? Um, where do you want to live? Where do you want to travel? What type of spouse do you want to have? Um, those are very important questions to ask yourself. And I think that's something, some things like division is definitely help, help, holding a lot of students back. Let me, I love this, this vision idea that one of the things that we can do to develop people, I mean, ultimately that's the heart of this podcast and YouTube segment is this employee development. And there's a lot of people, whether they're brand new, as you're talking about with the internship without the vision or They've been doing the same thing again and again for years. So a lot of the people I get to work with, I do a lot of communication coaching, executive coaching. They've gotten to a spot where they're kind of stuck in their career. Why? Yeah. Vision. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's so important, um, you know, for leaders to, to question their team leaders and their managers, especially yeah. if they've been in the role for like two years, like, like okay like where do you see yourself like what makes you happy what makes you motivated what makes you irritated you know these type of tough questions are very important to ask not only on an annual basis but you can do like on we do it for example in our company we do it twice per year because i think doing it too often is too repetitive but at least twice per year i think it's really important i'm reminded of an interview i was in several years ago where they asked me where do you see yourself in five years and it's one of those common interview questions. And sometimes I help people with interview prep. And where do you see yourself in five years? Very interesting is that I said, I just don't see myself here. <laughs> and the common response is, 
I see myself here and they're kind of, you know, brown nosing the interviewer and they're trying to like, look, I'm here forever. But I think that shows a, or can show a lack of vision for your life. Or I see myself doing this or having these results. I think this is a great area for all of our viewers and listeners to tune into is as you're developing people, how can you help them have vision for their life? How can you help I think them that's important. Potential? 100%, Mike. 100%, Mike. Because you can't assume that they're going to stay with you for 10 years, you know? So being as transparent as you can, like, I try to be like that. Like, okay, what, what drives you? Like, how much money do you want to make? Yeah. Because as a leader, like, I mean, not everyone that is listening is like controlling like the, the bank, you know, at the company, but like, okay, how much do you want to make? Like this year, next year, like, I don't know. Do you have financial goals? A lot of people don't, you know? Yeah. Okay. What makes you happy? Like, do you want to become a manager? Like many people don't, you know? So yeah, very, very good and important questions. Yeah. What, what do you think you can do? To, let's just kind of talk this out. I don't think either of us came really ready to say this, but what can you do to raise the vision levels of the people we lead? Besides asking them, where do you want to be? How much do you want to make? What other things can we do to really help people gain vision, whether they're a mid-level manager, or maybe they're an executive assistant, whatever it might be? I think um, there are some things, Mike. Um, and again, let's not overcomplicate things. Yeah. Number one, like what makes you happy? So like, uh, hey, John, like we wanted to sit down with you and talk about like your vision, you know, for the next few years. It doesn't have to be five, could be four, like could be three. Like what makes you happy? And he might say, well, I like to do this and this. Okay, but what's your favorite part of your job? Like try to like be as specific as possible. Okay, take that, like digest it as a leader and then be like, okay, um, well, I, I think that this is, one area that you really excel in like this is something that you're really good at and this is and then it's important to do 360 to get other people's opinion too of course see what this person is good at yeah. and then like these are things that i think some things that you're not so good at so let's not focus on that focus what you're good at what makes you happy um yeah and those like that's very simple happy what makes you happy and then what you're good at and then figure out the plan like how to create a growth plan for John in this case, you know, um, for the next, it doesn't have to be the next five years. It could be for the next 12 months, 18 months, yeah. you know, because today people like to change change jobs very frequently. So, yeah, we're not hiring people just to do a role. We're hiring people to invest in them and to grow in them. One of the things I, I love is a lot of the people that I've had on my team in the past, they're now running their own companies that are now doing their own things. That's amazing. It's, it's been fun That's to amazing. see that it's actually part of my own values is to raise people up and then release them and, and be able to do that. And I think the vision is a huge part of that. Yeah, I what, agree. What is, what is one thing that you're going to do here soon to, to just invest in your team? How, how, how are you personally investing in your team over the next three months? The next three months, um, we're launching our, for the first, for, for this year, we're launching, uh, we, we like to bring in training to our team. So either we do that internally, depending on each person's like 
area where they need to grow when it comes to skills. So either we do, we do that internally or externally through online courses or workshops or, or, or et cetera. That's something that we feel is extremely important. And then buying books to each team member when it comes to the area that they need to be developing. Um, whether that's like something really specific or it could be something just inspirational, you know. That's one thing that we're doing. Uh, the last quarter we developed growth plans for each team member and that has been extremely effective and very fruitful, so to speak, because that gives team members and employees clarity, you know. Yeah. Sometimes when we're a leader, we're so snowed in and because we have this helicopter view, we're like, all right, um, need to make sure the salaries are paid are we getting the sales done um and etc and etc but we forget about to think about what does alicia think you know about her job we forget to think about what john thinks about his job and time flies by you know time flies and um it's important you know because sometimes as a, as a leader as an entrepreneur or as a ceo we forget how it's like to be an employee you know like a little bit lower yeah, that's great. I love that you're doing that with people. And I would just encourage everybody to take some time, even after you listen to this, or maybe you're not driving the car anymore or whatever it might be, just sit down and think through who are the people around you and how are you developing them? And you might not even have maybe a, a team that you lead, a large staff, but your kids, your friends, the people around you, how can you impact them? I love that quote from John Maxwell, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. How are you I like that. Specifically, intentionally influencing the people around you. Yeah. Hey, Frederick. I like that a lot. What's that? I like that a lot, that quote. You know, it is so true. It is yeah. so true. Yeah. And we, you know what? A lot of people, I'm sorry, Mike, a lot of people forget also that if you don't keep developing like or influencing the people around you, you're just stuck. Yeah. And people get bored. You know, get people get bored at their jobs or at you. So, yeah, you're That's right. The way it is. You're right. And if you think about even what people have called the, the great resignation, right, is sometimes it comes down to, I want to go to a place where I grow. Exactly. 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 So take some time, have that vision, talk through, have intentionality, that simple thing. And just even starting with a question, like Frederick said, is what makes you happy? What do you like doing? Like yeah, it. it is true. It is true. Hey, Frederick, this has been great having you on the program. I really appreciate you just sharing your insight, sharing your story. It's inspiring, it's motivating, and it's just a reminder of vision, simplicity. So thank you so much for being on it today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Mike. And to all of our listeners and all of our viewers, thank you so much. Take a moment to subscribe, to like, to share, to comment. And then I'll be putting on Frederick's information in the show notes so you can find him out as well. Until next time, this has been Masters of Employee Development with Mike Acker and Frederick Von Hoon. Thanks for listening to Masters of Employee Development. Do you know someone who would be a great guest? Send them to mikeacker.com forward slash apply. Do you want the show notes? Go to connect.mikeacker.com. Until next time, subscribe, rate, and give a review on Amazon or iTunes or your favorite platform.